Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. 107 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. 30 Chad uses Digitex for their copiers and printers, and their service is excellent. They now sell supplies for all brands of printers at big savings, digitexsupplies.ca. In this hour, the director of Central Scouting for the National Hockey League, Dan Marr, they uh, released their rankings, uh, I think that was on, what, Tuesday of this week or Monday of this week, so we'll get to that. Uh, we will also hear from the general manager and head coach of the Swift Current Broncos, who are heading into the Eastern Conference Final against the Lethbridge Hurricanes, uh, former Oilers draft pick. Uh, he was a phenom uh, growing up in Edmonton, uh, probably the best 66-born uh, skater uh, in these parts, uh, Manny Viverios. And at 145 today, another guy from uh, the Edmonton region, the uh, partner, governor, and general manager of the Tri-City Americans, Bob Torrey, will join us on Oilers Now as well. Some guests on the show receive gift certificates from Japanese Village, three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. Uh, we will tell you that uh, you can text us 630-630 on our Westlock Ford text line. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We're on Twitter at Oilers now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Tweet Brendan at Brendan Ulrich. And uh, our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline is 780-496-0063. Brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. Tickets uh, for Vince Neal, which is Saturday night, uh, as well as George Thurgood and the Destroyers on May 7th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. Hey, Brendan, while we have time here, why don't we do this? Can you queue up... Um, NHL tonight, because we haven't done it yet, for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. Here we go. Two games tonight, the Boston Bruins in Toronto. Bruins lead the series two games one. Nazem Kadri will serve his third and final game of his three-game suspension. Leafs head coach was asked if he feels that whoever wins tonight will go on to win the series. I don't know, this is what I do. As I get up today, and get ready for the day, and when you win today in the National Hockey League, everything's okay. Same thing I tell you, game one and game seven and game 52. And so it's a big game for us today. It's the one we're playing. It's the biggest one of the year, just like each one. You know, when I was at Lethbridge back in 1993-94, we just went out there and put our skate on one skate at a time. That's what we did. Matt Greslick uh, will uh, draw back in for the Bruins, by the way. Washington Capitals at the Columbus Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets lead the series two games to one. All three games have gone into OT. Brett Connolly, former Prince George Cougar, talks about the Caps' mindset heading into tonight's game four down 2-1. Uh, you know, we came in last game knowing we needed to get a win. And, uh, the same this year or this game so um, you know definitely need to to just you know play the same way take the same mindset and you know, hopefully we can like I said get some timely goals and, and some big saves and you know hopefully we can uh, come away with another win and get, a, get it all tied up here going home Capitals have outshot Columbus in all three games Artemi Panarin seven points in three games do you think that maybe changes? Last year he had only the one point in the four games as Chicago got uh, ousted in the opening round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. They played the wrong team. You crawl who they played last year, Brendan? 
off the top of your head? Who's that? Who did Chicago get swept by last? Oh, Nashville. Week? Yeah. And Nashville was never. That was a team everybody, I think, wanted to avoid. Uh... Wenberg out for Columbus. Andre Burakovsky remains out for the Capitals, who again have outshot Columbus in all three games. But Sergei Bobrovsky, who was acquired when Scott Housen was still a GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets, starts in goal. He's been good. Capitals going with Brayden Holtby after starting uh, Philip Grubauer for the first two games of that series and losing both games, albeit in overtime. Jets defenseman Josh Morrissey suspended for game five on a cross-check on Eric Stahl. How that play was missed, uh, it's still sort of a shock. And the finalists for the, uh, by the way, game five goes in Winnipeg tomorrow night between Minnesota and the Jets. The Jets with a chance to close the deal. And uh, the finalists for the Selkie Trophy, Patrice Bergeron, Sean Couturier, and Anjay Kopitar. I think because Bergeron missed games, my guess is that Kopitar will win that award. Western Hockey League playoffs. Stuart Skinner and Swift Current host Lethbridge game on Friday night. Everett and Tri-City will play in the other series that also gets going on Friday night. Uh, World U18 Hockey Championships today. Now, this is the tournament where Canada doesn't get to send its best players because several of them are still playing in major junior playoffs or injured coming out of the uh, major junior playoffs. The Americans traditionally have dominated this tournament because it's the final event for their U18 team. But today, Canada won 6-4 to four over the Americans in the opening game. The tournament's taken place in Russia. I'll be honest, uh, I thought the Americans had more skill. Uh, Canada also blew two five-on-three power plays, did not score. But uh, there's an outstanding young forward for Canada out of the uh, Quebec League by the name of, uh, I believe his first name is Alexis, and the last name is Lafreniere. He was very good. The Hughes kid for the Americans was outstanding as well. Kirby Dock did not end up making that team. He's not eligible till next year's draft. Uh, team Canada brought in three uh, players out of the OHL, a little bit more, a uh, year more advanced uh, to play in that tournament. You know what we'll do? We'll get Dan Marr, who's uh, with NHL Central Scouting. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Uh, and we open this up by saying, uh, Dan, we purposely waited until uh, the anniversary of the Oilers winning the lottery when they got Connor McDavid. I refuse to start talking about the draft for at least a couple weeks after the conclusion of the NHL regular season. Welcome back to our show, Dan. How are you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Good. I'll be seeing you in uh, Buffalo here, and I don't know how long that is—about six weeks or whatever—for the combine. Um, you you got to survive the lottery first. Yes. Well, we'll. <laughs> <laughs> no, the re- You know what, Dad? Can I just set the record straight here? The rest of the league has to survive the lottery in case Edmonton wins again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? Like, that is... Uh, but, you know, it, it's a great place to start because uh, we're, we're talking about... And one of the reasons why we get uh, the central scouting rankings come out, every team in the league uh, uses this as a, you know, uh, uses it as a bit of a guideline. We, we've talked so much about Rasmus uh, Dolan and, and what a special player he is. And we'll get you to, to, to focus on that in a second. But maybe explain to our listeners the difference if the Oilers, you know, cash in on that 15% chance and get the number one, number two, or number three pick versus the other option, which is Edmonton finishing 9 through 12. Those are, so the Oilers either draft first, second, third, or ninth through 12. How much of a difference are we talking between the ranges of those players? Well... Unfortunately, 
<laughs> if you're at the bottom end of that range, you're, you're probably just at that point where the line is drawn. Okay. Because, you know, there's there are like eight, eight or nine before it starts to kind of differentiate a little bit when you factor in the North American and international. Okay. International player, so you, you know nine, ten. You're right at that cusp of where you know some teams might be drawing a line. If you're in the top six, you're 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 pretty happy, right? But you know, by the time, uh, having said that, though, a lot of times somebody you have in your your top six could still be there when you're picking nine or ten. All right, uh, Dan. Uh, so let's open up with this. How deep is this? How would this draft compare? I mean, that 2015 draft was pretty special. I mean, Matthew Barzell went. Obviously, Connor went one. Eichel went two. Uh, you know, Mitch Marner, pretty good player at number four. I don't think the Hurricanes are too disappointed that they got Hannafin at five. Uh, Strom had a good conclusion of the season at three. And then you got Barzell sitting there at 16 where several organizations are kicking themselves. Even Jake DeBrusque was a, a gutsy pick where he was selected, but it turned out to be a pretty good pick. That was a deep draft year. How would this year, you know, compare to past drafts, at least at this embryonic stage? Well... The, like the first round, you always have good players, and this year, uh, what's going to happen is, you know, you can go like from ten down to almost the end of the first round. Wow! And they're going to be quite interchangeable. Uh, it's going to just depend on where your what your team's draft philosophy is, as far as where you rank or rate these players. And uh, there's a multiple variety of positions, various types of defensemen available. So it's I think this year's draft is set up that most of the teams are, are going to be happy and they will come out to saying that, that they did get a guy that they wanted just because the names are so interchangeable and everybody has a different working list when it comes to their draft list. Is this year's draft Rasmus Dolan and everybody else, or is that unfair to a guy like Svechnikov, who's a pretty special offensive player? You know, uh, I, I I detest having putting players on pedestals. Yes. But Rasmus does belong on that pedestal. He does, does he? Uh, he's the he's the clear cut best player available in this draft. Uh, a player that's gonna, you know, eighteen and nineteen year olds. It's tough to to come in uh, and lead the way, but he's going to be able to step right in and and carry carry the load for because he's just such a mature, high character, high compete player. Uh, you know, coaches are going to trust him right off the bat. Teammates are going to respect him, and and he's going to be he's going to be utilized by whichever team he ends up playing for. We're joined right in, and in our rankings, like yeah. our, our top three forwards. Again, they're interchangeable. Yes. Uh, two, th- two, three, four with uh, Sveshnikov, Kachuk, and Zadina. It's just going to be whose turn it is to pick at that time, you know, after after the lottery determines the order. And even four, five, six, the D-man that, that we have, Bouchard, Dobson, and Hughes, they're going to, they're sort of interchangeable as well as to what order you're going to have. And, and as you're aware, uh, our list comes out much earlier. Uh, right. The teams sort the players out based on their playoff performances and U18 and those that are in the in the Mem Cup. But 
this is one of those years where you know the the rankings still are subject to change in the next two to three weeks. We're joined right now by Dan Marr, who uh, was a scout for a number of years with the Atlanta Thrashers organization. He is the director of scouting for Central Scouting. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. All right, so uh, Drew Doughty was in that 08 draft at number two. Bogosian went three. Alex Petrangelo went four. Like that's, you know, between Doughty and Petrangelo, those are arguably Canada's two best right-shot defensemen uh, out there. Uh, would you say that Dolan is the best defenseman at this stage since the those guys, or does he eclipse maybe where you guys had uh, those two individuals going back 10 years ago? Mm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to... Uh, I'm not good at comparables, and I don't like... <laughs> I, I don't like doing the comparables there, but as far as when you're going to look at how a player can impact on the team and what he can... Uh, what he can bring to the team there, you know, he, he fits in the, the same category, amount of ice time he's going right. to get, the, the way that he's going to be able, be able to contribute. Um, you know, he certainly fits into that category. And I've been fortunate. I've been able to uh, spend some time with him. And he, uh, he really reminds me of Victor Hedman. Okay. Just the makeup, the personality, uh, the approach to maturity to his game, and you know, and, and he's a pretty complete guy. Like he's got some grit and edge to his game. He's just not, you know, in addition to the skills that he brings in the in the excellent hockey sense that he has. Well, he's, uh, you know, obviously, Hedman, what, he went second in 2009. That was the Tavares draft year. We're joined by Dan Marr. So so we've established Dolan's a pretty uh, exceptional and special defenseman. Let's talk about the three uh, forwards. I know, you know, the Oilers had Neil Yakupov, who was a consensus number one pick in his draft year. It didn't come to fruition. Svechnikov is a much bigger player than Yakupov. What do you like about Andrei Svechnikov? Svechnikov, uh, he... He came over last year, played in the USHL, Rookie of the Year, good scorer there, and he stepped right into the OHL and uh, continued the same game. But he's got that deceptive pull-away gear where he's, he's got some speed. He's got the moves to where he'll take a, the puck outside, draw the D-man in, cut to the middle, but he can still power his way to the net and he, he's got the skill set to generate, create chances, but finish them as well. And he's got a really accurate shot. Like, he can have a guy draped over him going into the net and, and roof a backhand into the net. And he's just got a good offensive nose, good offensive game, ability to finish it, decent size, and the, the skating sets him apart as well. I saw Matthew Kachuk during the 2016 Memorial Cup. The Oilers, uh, uh, I think, if uh, Paul Yarby had... Uh, gone at three, and Columbus took Dubois at three, and full credit to them. That's been a, a good pick. In fact, if I recall correctly, when we were in Buffalo that year, uh, you had just received notification that Paul Yarby had suffered a little bit of a tweak with a lower body issue, which uh, uh, had occurred. But the Oilers did not have Matthew. They were going to probably take Sergachev over Matthew Kachuk. Uh, Matthew Kachuk played major junior. Uh, Brady Kachuk played at Boston University, which is a NCAA powerhouse. 
I know you don't like comparing one player to another, but there's got to be a lot of similarities, are there not, between Matthew and Brady? Or does Brady maybe have a little bit more skill and maybe not the same makeup that Matthew has? Because Matthew Kachuk's a hell of a player. They they have the same competitive game. And, uh, you know, I would say uh, they're more similar than dissimilar. I, okay. I, I do think Brady's a little better skater and a little bigger. Okay. And... You know, Brady is a young freshman in that league. He wasn't getting points at the start of the year, but when you watched him play, he was playing the game where he was getting chances. He was creating chances, and that's all you need to see because you know he has that game. And then by the time the World Juniors came along, he was playing and producing, but he's got that Kachuk game to the net. And you you give them a chance, they're going to finish. And, you know, Brady might have a more finesse game to finish but but Matthew's a finisher as well so like they have a lot more similarities than dissimilarities but I think even when you talk to the dad and Matthew they were saying they thought Brady might be the best All right, Uh, tell us about uh, Philippe Zadina, a guy that we saw during the World Junior Championship Zadina's a finisher Uh, he's got uh, this offensive hockey system where he knows how to get open on the play. He finds the opening and you're you're sitting there going, you know he can score, you know he can finish. How is it that he's open all the time? You can't teach that. And it's the same, you know, aging myself, but you know, Brett Hull and Eric Lindos, they were open all the time and you're going, how can this be happening in the National Hockey League? Well, this is what Zadina has. He, he's got the uh, ability to get open and he's got a really strong finishing touch. Uh, I'm going to ask you about two right-shot defensemen, and I love the one guy, Evan Bouchard. I mean, he clearly can run the power play, and he can absolutely pound the puck. I don't know as much about Noah Dobson, so a quick comment on those two defensemen. Well, Evan Bouchard, he, he has eyes in the back of his head. He's he's the best passer in this draft class, and it, it doesn't matter what zone he's in, if he's being checked or not, he can advance the puck, move the puck, and make the play. So that's what really makes him stand out. And he's got a really good uh, mental makeup where he you, you never get rattled. He's always composed. Noah Dobson, he's a little bit more on the raw side still because he's still developing. But you know his game could accelerate the way Petrangelo's did. Hmm. Uh, Bathurst would not be where they are. They're still in the semifinals if he was not in their lineup. He just takes charge of a game out there, and when he has the puck. You know that a good play is going to be made and good things are going to happen for for his team. So he's just uh, still physically maturing. He has a ways to go there, and I don't think he realizes uh, how good he can be yet. So one guy, just uh, Dan, we appreciate you doing the show. I saw Ryan Merkley play today. I saw that he dropped 24 spots, and after seeing him play today against the Americans, he reminded me of Ryan Murphy. And, you know, Ryan Merkley, you know, undersized right shot guy, could move the puck a little. I was intrigued to see how far he'd fallen. And I got to say, after seeing him today, I think I understand a little bit more why. Uh, Dan, we're going to try to touch base with you at least once more in Oilers now, and we'll see you down at the draft in Buffalo or at the Combine in Buffalo, okay? 
All right, look forward to it, Bob. Take care, Dan. That's Dan Marr from NHL Central Scouting. We're running late into the break. Uh, 126 in Edmonton, the best pizza in the city. Still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza is Edmonton owned and operated for 48 years. Stoffer recommendation, Mediterranean chicken. Uh, brand new spot out in Spruce Grove. Uh, royalpizza.ca. Uh, up next, the global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell, back with Manny Vivrios, the general manager, head coach of the Swift Current Broncos. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place, proamsports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, Proam Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Proam Sports Certificate of Authenticity, and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.